Hello, welcome. This is True Crimes episode dose. Uh, let's get. I mean, wow. I, it's been a couple of weeks. I know that. Um, a lot has happened. A lot has gotten. Uh, a lot has happened. I've gotten new lotion. I've gotten new creams. Um, and uh, right now, currently, as we speak, uh, there is a base competition going out outside uh, where I think dueling cars are proving how much low end they can dish out, which is, I mean, what, that's the age old question. How much low end can you dip out? Uh, but aside from those things, let's just get right into it, guys, because it's been one hell of a f- period of time for crime. <laughs> uh, but uh, I got a couple of things I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, how are you doing? How's everything going with you? Is it good? I hope it's good. Because um, it's always, you know, one of the one of the groovy things about crime and probably why most people like it is it's not me. You know what I mean? It's somebody else's drama that you can dip in uh look at to have a look at anyway um so yeah so uh the first thing uh is that i saw uh some armed robbery footage from a restaurant in irvine california and and it's two two men uh masked for multiple reasons uh at a korean barbecue and the place is called All That Barbecue. And so uh, hopefully it was all that. Um, so these guys, they rolled in there. And uh, let's just put, let's let's just, let's like, first and foremost, let's just look at this footage, okay? So I'm going to throw this, uh, this uh, brazen arm robbery up right now. Okay, chilling restaurant robbery. So as you could see right out the, right out the gate uh we've got the guys they run in they know the lay of the land uh one guy goes for the cash register he can't even get it open he moves on he's got a cool like one of those fanny packs that people are putting over their chests so he these guys roll in cock diesel guns in hand pointing them at everyone taking the employees to the back um and so I, i i guess what i can say is they were caught um and uh and so apparently one of them used to work there um and uh that's pretty interesting so let's put up the uh let's put up the mugshot real quick right so you can see these guys and uh i'm gonna assume that the one on the left is the ex-employee but i'm not really sure um but what so there's a lot going on there's a lot to unpack here right because you got two guys it's an armed robbery that's not good they're gonna throw the book at you right there you're better off doing the, the the robbery with like a fist and a like anger and like yelling and screaming than bringing two pistols with you. But I'm not here to judge those things, man. Do your th- do do it and you know do it the way that you 
you know, remember doing it, I guess, um, or how you want to do it. But it happened in broad daylight. And I mean, not just broad daylight, not like four o'clock in the afternoon, 11 a.m. So that's like right before the lunch rush, I assume, um, for all that barbecue. But uh, they entered the restaurant through the back door and forced the employees to gather in the restroom. Uh, pointing the guns, flailing about, they're running, they're moving a lot. They got some of the customers kind of like Pulp Fiction style, uh, Honey Bunny style to, to throw their cell phones and their wallets in the bags and stuff like that. Um, and they found the safe and they found the cash register and they were both empty and they fled. So they booked, uh, out the back door. And so anyway, Santa Ana and the Garden Grove Police Departments, uh, arrested these two gentlemen and, uh, and they found the guns and everything like that. Now, I guess I brought it up because one, it's really kind of a, it's like, there's a lot, you work there, it's like, did you not think you were going to get, you're like the suspect, and you're probably a disgruntled employee, which means you're probably suspect number one in that case. Um, I, I don't know really what was going on, or if it was fueled by kind of a drug run thing, because oftentimes they're fueled by like, like, you know, that's what that's what usually gets the ball running with these because the rationale certainly isn't there. And I also wanted to bring up an armed robbery like this and juxtapose it to another crime uh, to sort of give you an understanding of robbery or give to, 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 I guess for me to have a, just a contrast in, in things, but this, I'm sure they're going to apprehend these people and the fullest extent of the law, et cetera. And so they're going to see jail time probably. And if not, good for you boys. If you don't and you lawyer up and somehow you squeak by or you fled the country or whatever the whatever your deal is, man, good for you. And keep hope alive. S- send encrypted messages to your loved ones. But um, you really painted yourself in a corner with that one. Now, I'd like to take us to New Jersey, okay? There was a, a, a nurse in New Jersey, and this is, this is what I mean by stark contrast. Uh, Jennifer Nash, 51, of Riverdale, Rivervale, New Jersey, pleaded guilty in video conference. Shout out to the times that we're living in. Before U.S. Ju- uh, District Judge John M- Michael Vasquez, uh, for all this information, uh, uh, charging her with the conspiracy to commit health healthcare fraud. It's truly kind of amazing that this person basically would script out um, prescriptions without being accredited uh, or allowed to do anything like that. So it's already amazing fraud because you're you're filling out prescriptions. But she went in because it's conspiratorial. She had a little team of people and managed to basically. embezzle about several million dollars uh, with no gun um, and purely just probably it, it was it felt so easy because I think healthcare fraud can get can make they can f- it make it feel so easy but you don't realize that there's these organizations these watchdog organizations everything they're taking real 
critical eyes or whatever. I don't really know. All I know is this woman is 50 years old. She's probably been working in healthcare for a long time. She's probably a nurse who had to eat a heck of a lot of shit during the last two or three years and felt uh, a need to uh, get some for herself or maybe have a little revenge for herself or something like that. But you know, I feel like so. So, so she was scripting out compound medications and uh, in exchange for cash payments, which is what people have to do right now, especially with the fentanyl addiction and everything, opi- opioid crisis. But I just think it's kind of fascinating that this woman uh, had no. She's there's no armed robbery here, and the result is so much more money, so much more money, so many more dollars than the armed robbery we just saw. The, the, the risk versus reward is what I'm fascinated by. Because I'm sure there were some sleepless nights for the, 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 the nurse in question. I don't think it was always that easy. I'm sure the first couple of times she did it, she was sweating bullets like, is this the right decision? Have I made the right decision? I can't went into this business to help people, to, help, to, to, to improve the health of others, as well as get you know so a pretty, pretty decent, decent wage. But... Um, Let's throw her up. This is this is a shout out Jennifer Nash because like, you know, you made a you made a heck of a thing. And, you know, this is probably one of those things where it's a case of. She probably got some money and she was it's just going too far with it. And she did it one step too far, because once you start doing going into the millions, I think you start the, the red flags start popping up, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals or medications, what have you, especially when it comes to painkillers. They're looking at you. So I think it would probably be, would have been smarter to like, you know, stop at around 500K, really put it into, put that money and put that money into work for you. You know what I mean? Hey, hindsight's 2020 over here. I don't necessarily know what healthcare fraud is like and how addictive that, it's got to be addictive just getting that cash. I got to tell you, but I just think it's such an interesting thing to see what these men have basically done but this, at the same time she's not getting off with a slapped wrist okay but i don't the the, the she's she pled not uh or the spurious account which the nash pled guilty to carries a maximum penalty of 10 years she's not gonna do 10 years she, this woman is not gonna do 10 years but it's still it's like a, it's a pretty big thing to do anywhere near that um and then she's got to somehow pay some of the money back. But here's the thing. If we don't really know how much she took, then maybe she's got enough to cover her lawyer, keep some money in the bank, and then pay off that fine. In which case, she comes out of this, maybe she does two, five, stretch, or something like that. She'll come out a little harder, a little angrier, a little older, a lot wiser. And maybe she still has a dollar or two left. Maybe she put it in her kid's name. Who knows? All I know is this person is not going to see uh, what kind of, uh, I guess, I don't think the same outcome would, would, would go for the two gentlemen, uh, armed robbery. What is the minimum um, sentence for arm? Yeah. Boom. Nine years. Same crime. Wow. It's actually less. And then $10,000 fine. So, in theory, I'm fucking wrong again. Because this woman, she might do 10 
but these guys, they'll probably do nine, and that's if it's not plead down or something. Maybe maybe they can plead a, you know, I don't know, six in a good fucking candy bar. But she's going to get more than these guys, which is actually the reverse of what I initially thought. So here, we're just learning together, and I love that. Um, uh, it's... I guess it's just one of those things where it, it, it's all how you want to slice the cake, you know? It's all how you want to cook it up. Because, but you're never going to get that. I guess what I'm saying is it, it seems like fairly similar sentences, but one's for a couple mil and the other one's for like a couple hundred. Hmm. Makes you want to think, doesn't it? Um,. Those are two interesting things. I just, I'm just going to say, and two and three very interesting people, uh, I think, and I want to know the backstory on these gentlemen, why they needed to rob the place that they worked in, or one of them worked in. Uh, maybe they thought it was just an easy way to go, but like, wouldn't you want to not be known? Wouldn't you want to not be known unless you wanted to tell the owners, "Fuck you." Ah, moving on. Now, I'm sure uh, most of you have probably heard about this. Uh, I just thought it was uh, it was um, a really sad story, but it kind of kind of came and went, um, and it reminded me of another story um, about a news anchor. Uh, and I'm trying to look up that person too. So. Um, Miss America, um, I believe her name was Christ. I think it's Chelsea Christ. I'm not sure. Uh, she was working for Extra, a fine news, <laughs> entertainment news program on television. And uh, she, had, she had a law degree and she was Miss America. And she's like the first black Miss America. I think it was 2019. And she was living in New York at the time. And... Um, she died of an apparent suicide uh, where she jumped. I think it was like 24 flights or 24 stories to her her death. Um, and she was 30 years old. And a person who's 30 years old, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you're like, now you really have the whole, your whole life ahead of you. And, and, and this, she was also an advocate for mental health and things of that nature. So it was like, okay, there's underlying issues there, probably. Um, you never really know what people are going through. And um, that's what's so, you know, it's stories like this that make me think to myself, like, who in my life is, 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 th is that way and not showing it because it did seem like she had a veneer of positivity and success and achievement and all the great things that we want in life that I think equate to what we consider happiness um <clears throat> doing getting everything that you 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 sort of set out to get and without you know I'm sure she had her pitfalls and I'm sure there wasn't an easy road, but this the fact that all of these achievements are there and this person is still in a place of 
suffering is truly remarkable and it truly is it stands to reason and it reminded me of another story of uh this woman uh Kristen Chubbuck I think her name is um but she was a reporter um and this was in like what 74 I think um and uh she took her she took her life on air which is just sort of that is probably one of the I think there's a documentary about this but I haven't seen it I just remember hearing the story and being like could you imagine sitting there and watching the news and this lovely attractive with the 70 year old she looked kind of like Joan ba- let's throw her up she looks kind of like Joan Baez um, is probably incredibly intelligent um, and uh well she's working in florida so there's always sort of a strange thing in in the in the in the floridian aspects of things if you catch my drift there's always like that it's the florida factor is like what i'd say so this person clearly again struggled with mental health issues and i I don't want to make any light of that because it seems like if there were if there were an era where i feel like we're redlining with mental health it's it's the current era and so there stands to reason that the 70s were very similar. We had very similar things going on, a very similar outlook about the government and the the distrust. There was a lot of injustices. It was like the Nixon shit and like 74 was probably before that. No, that's right. But it just reminds me because I I do look, you ever look at the 70s footage and like all that stuff and go, man, it was fucking gritty in the 70s, you know? Times Square was just so seedy and gross. And like... I wonder if, and now I, now we're kind of in a, in a sort of renaissance of the grossness of the 70s and the uh, skyrocketing uh, oil prices or gas prices. Look at me trying to talk like an economist. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a person that was depressed enough to take, to go to her on, on air. I have, like, when, when things are on air or things are being recorded, I immediately, I'm like, you know, I, I have a heightened sense of awareness when it comes to it, but to know that someone went to the lengths of um, being that sad and pushed to the brink of that, of saying, I want to do this, but not only do I want to do this, but I want to do it publicly is almost a strange statement. And, uh, and, um, it's really, it'd be a crazy thing to be sitting there on the couch, you know, eating your TV dinner in 1974, seeing this woman come on screen and then just having her put a gun to her head and, and off herself. Um, how jarring. I think that would be, uh, there's trauma in just that. The, the effect, the rippling effects of trauma. And I don't think this person was even close to um, I, I, I don't. I don't think she grasped what she was doing in terms of the rippling effects of that, or why, or what for. And maybe um, Chubbuck's focus was on the lack of intimate relation. Relationships is generally considered to be a driving force of her depression. Uh, her suicide was. Her mother said her suicide was simply because her personal life was not enough. Interesting. I mean, not enough is those words uh you know someone can get a probably 
tortured by those words at a certain point and want the release, the 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 the, the sort of the ultimate rela- relaxation from that anxiety would be the end. And there's an understanding to that. I know it's pretty dismal talking about suicide. Um, and yeah, I, on the morning of Ju- July 15th, 1974, Chebek confused coworkers by claiming she had to read a newscast to open Sunday uh, to Sunco's Digest, something she had never done before. The morning's guests waited across the studio while Chebek sat in the anchor's desk. During the first eight minutes of the program, she covered three national news stories and then a shooting from the previous day at a local restaurant, Beef and Bottle. And on camera, in keeping with the WXLT practice of presenting the most intimate and complete, immediate and complete reports of the local blood and guts news. Uh, she drew a 38 caliber Smith and Wesson, uh, Smith and Wesson model 36. A revolver and shot herself behind the ear fell forward violently uh and the technical director faded the broadcast rapidly to black which is what you do you immediately cut the feed and you go what the heck happened um i've never heard of anything like that before or since except when it came to miss america because i do feel like how the methodology of how you do that, because it's, it's, there is a communication in it doing it, whether it's doing yourself on air or doing or jumping, um, 24 some odd flights or whatever it is, uh, in the middle of times square, or I think, I think she was in Manhattan. I, I, I don't know, but I just think there's interesting parallels as opposed to the contrast of the armed robbery and the fraud, of the nurse, the nurse fraud. This is such an interesting, um, it sort of, it just has this hint of that story. Maybe not as, as morbid as taking one's life on, on national television, or I'm sorry, this was probably a local, yeah, this is a local television station, but, um, it's, It really makes us, it makes me wonder how far unchecked mental suffering can go. Because you really wonder how far, how bad it actually has to get in order for you to do it. Because it's like, imagine if I told you, here's a hammer. Uh, If you're so sad, break your arm or whatever, you know, bust your hand or something like that. It would take you a lot to build up the nerve to, to hurt yourself like that. And so I imagine it's over the course of a long period of time and a lot of suffering before you actually get to the point where you're willing to to, to actually do it. Um, I just hope in a weird way that the peace is found. And uh, my heart goes out to everybody that it affects because it's like once that person makes that decision, there's so many people that are affected by it and the people that look up to her or him uh, – if they have, I'm sure she had fans and admirers and things of that nature. It really makes you question what exactly you admire about that kind of success, or what exactly. Um, I just, I just think it's, it's just, it's like any loss, crime, crime related or not, is uh, 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be too heavy about it. And I certainly don't uh, know necessarily what I'm talking about here, but it's a very, um, it's, it affects so many different people. Uh, yeah, it just does. Um, and it's just so interesting that someone would make the choice and say, okay, that's how I'm going to, I do it. And I'm sure if you're as anywhere near as sort of odd and morbid as I am, you've thought about it yourself. Like, well, you know what? I'm certain I've had conversations about it because that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, I don't know how I can even end on that, to be honest with you. That's pretty, that's pretty brutal. Uh, but I will say I'll end on this. Uh, when I, just as I was about to start recording this there, I just saw this footage of a guy who stole an Amazon truck. Um, and this guy, and don't tell me you've never had this feeling, but when they have, when the delivery truck double parks and they get that, the engine's still running, it's the same with the post office. Um, I've, I've had that moment that crosses one's mind to hijack a vehicle because it's just sitting there running. And I don't know about you. But I've had that feeling like, oh, my God, I could just walk in and I could take that delivery van or whatever it is. Um, I It's an impulse that would be absurd to act on because there's really no benefit except a joy ride. Right. So this is what this cat did, I think, I assume. But this was in South L.A. And um, <laughs> this is not something I should. This is not a closer either. <laughs> um but the guy stole a delivery truck and uh, he struck a street vendor and killed him. That's heartbreaking. Um, for so many reasons, that's heartbreaking. Um, he was arrested. It was around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Like I said, a lot of these broad daylight wackadoo crimes are happening. And uh, it, to, to take a joyride like that, I get it. Especially because if you can get away, you've got a big, big uh, back full of goodies. Like you could just be opening fucking Amazon packages for like a week. Sure. Is most of it going to be like soap and like those silly little odds and ends that I always kind of I pick up piecemeal and have them sent out like I'm, I'm just a creep. But uh, you ever do that? You ever get like a tiny little item and have it fucking two day? Don't add it. Don't compound. Don't compound your 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 purchases for their their sake or the the environments. Just get that goddamn electric toothbrush head out to me immediately. Um, so I could see the benefit of gra of grabbing an Amazon truck, but what what I maybe what maybe he didn't realize maybe because he was probably uh hopped up on some good juice. Um, is that he doesn't realize the handling of a delivery van is terrible. So in your attempt to like haul ass, uh, you probably lost control of it because handling on them shits is terrible. So you probably lost control of it. Probably had no intention of crashing it. Uh, had every intention of just hawking whatever was in the back and maybe keeping the that you know steady stream of drugs going. <laughs> Or who knows? He could be giving, you know, fucking giving them out like fucking turkeys on Christmas. I I don't know, but um, we know. I think the motive there. I don't think. <laughs> I 
think we know the motive. And it ended so tragically uh, because whenever there's a loss for such a stupid game, I, I think that's where I find myself so frustrated is because it's like, you know, when you see uh, a loss for a big deal um, or like a massive, you know, fucking Attica or some shit, you're like, okay, well, you know, that's a, it's a big production. There's, there's a lot going on, but this is just a very sad, quick, try and grab as much as you can and get out and look at what happened in the process. Now you, 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 there's so much more that you've, um, lost and and now i would imagine he's gonna have to deal with if we're talking about the back end of that thing of course you've got like what grand theft and first degree manslaughter i mean and you're talking we're talking we're talking about just uh, the second ago getting nine years for fucking multi-million stealing a multi-millions of dollars and this is Absolutely different. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I will end it on that note, but um, I guess this has been True Crimes episode two, and I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants too. Uh, shout out and heartbra- heartbreaking. But um, uh, again, my sympathies to uh, the lost on that and, and, um, and the families that were affected by that. It's truly terrible thing and un- completely unnecessary and it happens so quickly um all right well you know come on back <laughs> if you're feeling it